Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready? I know I am. Hey, I'm Alex Garrett, your host for this episode and everything Alex Garrett Podcasting. And this podcast specifically focuses on topics that should be trending. And, well, you know what they say, right? Ooh, if the shoe fits, wear it. If- well, that line means so much to me. Find out why next on Alex Garrett Podcasting, where we wear that shoe proudly. Well, you know, it's funny. I'll be walking into the poll booth, the polling place, um, because I feel like I still want to have that option on November 3rd. And as you should, no matter who you're going to do, I mean, no matter what side of the aisle you are on, you should be walking into that poll place or doing early voting right now. And I know both sides, well, people on the right will be, well, don't encourage early voting. Well, you know what? We're in a pandemic. If you cannot, if you do not feel well enough to go to the polling place, that's okay. We do have the absentee balloting, and I, I think that's important at home. We do have that option if you do not feel like you want to go inside to that place. So I got my little uh, – it's very interesting, actually. Vote NYC sent me this. Uh, what my district is, what my assembly district is, how to get there, yada, yada, yada. The fast pass tag because um, I have what I guess you'd legally call a physical disability. I'm curious to see how this works out. I'm, I will keep you updated to see how this works out. But I, I am a BLK, according to the NYC Board of Education, because I do not have a party affiliation, nor Democrat, nor Republican, nothing. Just me making what I will solemnly feel is the best decision. I won't tell you that right here, right now. Because, again, this is... um. This is a right, and you shouldn't be forced to tell who you voted for. I will always believe that, no no matter how contentious this election is. Just say, you know what? I voted solemnly. If, if you choose to, if you choose to tell someone, okay, fine. But if you don't choose to say to anybody who you voted for, then that's fine, too. Either way, vote solemnly, vote prayerfully, vote your conscience, as actually Ted Cruz would say, or did say in 2016. So there is that. Um, but there's also some other interesting developments surrounding this. By the way, the meme was Election Day, October 20th, 2020, which was funny to me because that's my birth date. And I'm like, oh, my meme is an election day now. My date is a birthday. My birthday's an election now? Great. I never had an election day on my birthday. Of course, that was all just um, drumming up the early voting idea because obviously we are in a pandemic. But here in New York City specifically, uh, let me get that out of the way first. If you post about it, if you talk about it, do something about it, put out the link to actually get an absentee ballot. You can get an application. You can apply at nycabsentee.com and you can fill out the application completely. Uh, The deadline to request a ballot by mail must be received by Tuesday, October 27th, 2020. So you have got uh, about 
eight, uh, nine days from now to make that ha happen for yourself if you choose to do by mail. When your ballot arrives, you carefully uh, and your ballot must be postmarked by Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. Receive no later than Tuesday, November 10, 2020. You can also return the ballot in person by Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020 at 9 p.m. if you do not feel comfortable with the mail-in ballots. And you know what? There are some risks to that. I know it. Uh, I know that there's been a New Jersey postman charged. I said it earlier on when this whole debate happened that something was going to happen. Well, a, a Jersey postman was charged with hoarding ballots, which is un, not unexpected. But here was the unexpected thing uh, when we're talking about absentee ballots. Newsy.com, uh, one of the most, one of the liberal leaning sides, had a very interesting story this past few days ago. After, you know, there was a lot of talk of them removing these uh, mailboxes and and then DeJoy said, oh, it was ripped for parts and can't be put back together. Then they said 72% of those mailboxes were ripped out in the counties uh, where Hillary Clinton voters were, which is wild enough. But let me tell you, um, Newsy.com, and this amazingly didn't get much traction on my Facebook page. I know I posted about it, though. Came out with this. I'm going to see in a second article that says the U.S. Postal Service records show no evidence mailbox removals were tied to the election. Now, these records were obtained from the Freedom of Federal Information Act by Newsy, show no evidence that mailbox reductions were all that unusual or linked to the upcoming election. So right away, Newsy is saying, hey, guess what? This was just coincidental. And it backs up what DeJoy was telling Congress, which was, this is a normal process that's been around 50 years. So 732 mailboxes between mid-June and mid-August uh, were being removed. Twice as many mailboxes were taken out in these two months compared to the same last year, same time last year. But eliminations for 2020 are still below each, are still below each of the 20, uh, each of the past three years. So let's stop saying the USPS is trying to rig this thing by removing. Apparently they're not. And apparently the federal, uh, the FOIA Act is showing it. Freedom of Information Act is showing it to Newsy, who rightfully reported this. And if they saw something different, I would report that too. But, but for now, but, but concretely, it looks like that was not tied to the election. Here's what is tied to the election. The youth are getting involved, and I'm so excited about this. I am excited that in a time where Haley Fuchs of the New York Times writes, in 2018, 58% of whom... 58% uh, of poll workers in 2018 were 61 and older. Now, those poll workers will not be coming back this year, as you can predict, because of the pandemic and the worries about it. At the same time as that number, Haley also reported that 70% of jurisdictions 
in the country reported some difficulties recruiting enough poll workers. I believe that poll working has always been a tradition for many. Um, they spend the day there. I think some spend it till nine o'clock at night, uh, Eastern time or, you know, nine o'clock your time. And it is a tradition. It's a family thing too for some, I believe. Like families would literally go and work the polls to make sure the election process ran smoothly. And now the younger generation is getting involved. Power of the Polls and Poll Hero Project are recruiting younger people, young enough to be 17, 16, 17. And according to Reuters and U.S. News, 90% of the more than 650,000 poll workers referred to local officials this year by Power of the Polls are under the age of 65. Poll Hero Project has recruited more than uh, 31,000 students, more than half of them high school students. So I believe the shift to the youth is happening, and it's going to happen democratically, if you will. It's going to happen by getting them involved at the poll places first. And some might say, well, don't you think these kids are going to try and influence the election? I think they're smarter than that. I think they can just be there. I mean, they're, they're going to help people who do go to these poll places. I don't think they're going to f- influence the election. And I just think it's a good thing we got the youth involved right now. It's important too. I'm going to have someone on to talk about this later on in the week because I, I'm fired up because it, it kind of goes with the whole, hey, why don't we lessen the age of running for president to 25? Now, I know that Biden and and Trump are way over 35, but there are millennials, as I said, 25 to 35, that 10-year gap that would love to contribute to our political uh, landscape and make it better and make it more substantive the next mm, how many years. But I think by getting poll workers involved now in a youthful, in the youthful way is going to help um, really bring more awareness to how the process is done. Personally, my mom would wheel, wheel me into the polling booth uh, at three years old. So I was involved with this since a kid, since I was a kid. Now to see other younger people getting involved here is, um, is important, is inspiring. That kids want to get off their phone and in, instead of posting constantly, just do something about it. And that's what I think a lot of these kids are feeling right now. Uh, 31,000 from Whole Hero Project, 90% under 65 from the uh, other project I was mentioning, Power of the Polls. All right, so here's some interesting stats. American Constitution Society, youth poll workers, have a list of every state, 50 states possible, by the way. A list of every state, and I'm going to put this in the chat room right now. Every state possible. And uh, they say serving a poll worker is unique to ensure that most, that all eligible voters are able to cast ballots, and it is a unique opportunity for civic engagement. One more thing about the mail-in. Of course, if you mail it in, you cannot go to the polling place, obviously, to try and cast it there. But if you choose to get the ballot to your house, but still want to go to the polling place, you can simply drop it off. So there is a big distinction there. 
I want to make that clear. In Alaska, students age 16 and up are eligible to serve if you're enrolled in high school or homeschool, complete required training. And I won't go through all of these, but you you can find out wherever you're at. You know, I know that Mike Myers is in Iowa, and I'll tell you that one right now. Students in Iowa at age 17 and up can serve as poll workers. Students must be U.S. citizens, enrolled in credit-bearing classes in at least four subjects without failing grades. They must have parental and principal permission and complete training. The students must declare a political affiliation, and no more than one student can serve per precinct. Pretty reasonable, I think, but I don't think the political affiliation would define them swaying a person. I think they're just going to simply help the person vote. That's just my thought. Uh, and my good faith in these kids. Uh, Wisconsin. Um, Delgado's up there. Let me get to him really quick. His state really quickly. In Wisconsin, students age 16 or 17 in secondary school with a GPA of at least 3.0 may be appointed as inspectors if they have parent and principal approval. Students can serve for election for which they are appointed. Here's your host, Alex right Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready? I know I am. Hey, I'm Alex Garrett, your host for this episode and everything Alex Garrett Podcasting. And this podcast specifically focuses on topics that should be trending. And, well, you know what they say, right? Oh, if the shoe fits, wear it. Well, that line means so much to me. Find out why next on Alaska Podcasting, where we wear that shoe proudly. Sorry about that. I got to create some live reads or input the live reads I've got here to, uh, to make a commercial break out of that. Anyway, I'm back. Uh, and yeah, as I was saying in Wisconsin, students age 16 or 17 enrolled in secondary school with GPA of at least 3.0 may be approved as election inspectors if they have parent and principal approval. So for those who are saying, oh, they shouldn't be that young doing poll workers. Well, there's regulations to this. And I think empowering the younger people to get involved is going to be what the answer is. We always talk about how people, how kids are on their phone how millennials are on their phone, how they just do the thing on the phone and do nothing. Well, here we've got a chance to welcome a generation to the election process through poll working. Let's welcome them with open arms. Let's welcome them in and let them experience this. Let them be part of this because they are the future. Because millennials are the future as well. But but I mean, before after them... There's so much future ahead, and we've got to let these kids be involved as young as possible. Okay, so in Wisconsin, and then here in my home state of New York, students age 16 or 17 enrolled in school and fulfilling their educational requirements may appointed as an election inspector or poll clerk. Uh, that's according to New York election law statute uh, or code 3400. Uh, anyway, They want kids, and they want these kids who are driven, who are doing well in school, to be part of the process, to change things, to 
get experience to help out the process, also make election day smoother, considering that these people that were here in uh, 2018 will not be there to work because of the virus. And you could say, well, TikTok bought all these tickets to a Trump rally and never showed up. Who cares? It's free. It's the individual uh, marketplace. It's the freedom to do that. So I'm I'm very excited to see that. And you've got high school, you got colleges involved in recruiting as well. It's not just about getting out the vote. It's about getting help at the polls when needed. Now, I believe turnout will be lower because of the virus. But I also think that if people, if the energy is there to help out no matter what, you could see those kids on either side of the aisle having a future that hopefully will be not just a, a one off the news feed or what they're being told, but really one of a learned and fully developed opinion of the political landscape. And boy, this landscape, if it needed young blood, young lifeblood, it's, it's now. It's kind of crazy when you think that both candidates for VP are being considered heartbeat away from the presidency. Isn't that, isn't that kind of crazy? It's a little unnerving to be told that. And it's true now. But what if, what if 25 to 35, what if kids get empowered at a young age to get involved? And we can have feistier debates that aren't just shouting matches, but substantive things. This second debate that's going to go on is going to be so off-putting, I think. Is it? They want to do another presidential debate. It's going to be the second one. Early voting will still be going on by then. But I mean, if it's another shouting match, Americans are just going to say, why? <laughs> why? 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 And as I wrote in WordPress.com and Medium.com, Alex G in NYC.medium.com, the overall solution I've always had, and maybe you have too, from even before Trump got elected and even during it and after, it's this bottom line. It's this bottom line. That we have to really be there for each other. Because at the end of the day, it's you and I, it's our neighbors, it's the lifeblood of the country that must support it, support each other. That's how we stay active. If our lifeblood on the ground here in America can truly bond, 
then we could be impenetrable, if you will. We can be bulletproof, as the song goes. Because we, we can't let the government decide everything for us. We also cannot rely on the government to always be there for us. So how do we balance that out? We stop tearing each other down in debates, online specifically. We stop that. We say, you know what? Bottom line, no matter who you vote for, I will still respect you after November 3rd. That is the message that has to be said. Because what we vote for, yeah, you could say it will make a difference, but also what we vote for doesn't define the entire us. I don't think. Somehow we've let it, but it shouldn't. It's never before. Trump's changed the game, I understand. But at the basis of all of this is we're, we're, we're still going to go home to our families after the vote. We're still going to go home to our friends and family after the vote. We're not just going to like, uh, you know, it, it's, and maybe, maybe you're offended I'm deducing it to just this, but, but it's, we cannot let the voting choice eradicate us entirely because that is what they want. Okay, there are sectors on both sides that want us to be divided forever. You know what the strongest debute, rebuke and re the strongest no to that is? Staying friends after November 3rd, for instance. Staying bonded. Staying foundationally connected. That will be the biggest win on election third, uh, on ele on election night uh, on November third. To me, I've always seen it as this is always, even though it's hyped up and trumped up now, pun intended. It's always come down to one thing for me: despite who you vote for, can you get along anyway? Despite who you vote for, can you get along anyway? Because the plan is always, and it's become increasingly noticeable, is always to say, great, let's put people in there that will just divide us all. We must stay strong against that. We must continue to say I love you to those we disagree with. Sorry about that. And, and the bottom line is that just stick together after November 3rd. That's all I'm asking. You can vote for who you want. I will still say hello to you tomorrow, the next day. And if it's if we can get that back, if we can get that talk to each other after election day spirit again, then we will be much, much better off.
So don't let us tear, don't let November 3rd tear you apart, tear anybody apart. And accept that the generation before you, the generations before you, wants to get involved. I am fired up that there are energized kids that want to get off their phone and do something different with their life. I am energized about that. You should be too. How many times have you found yourself saying, damn, this kid's on his phone. Or, Darn, why is she always doing this? Or, they finally want to get off their phone and do something. Let's not reject them. Let's accept that that is a reality that these kids do want to help. And it starts the polling place. Truly believe that's a great start. And then we must we must encourage open-mindedness. Either pro or against Trump. And once we can do that, we can truly say, okay, I know, I know dark force is what you're trying to do. I know you're trying to separate us all and bring us all into a new realm of discourse, and we're not gonna let it happen. We cannot let that happen, or we lose the country. The country doesn't go entirely because the government says go. The country goes because we've got supply chains, we've got individual people, we've got meatpacking plants, we've got office spaces, we've got people, we've got workers, we've got uh, restaurants. We, we, how do I say it? We've got different sectors coming together, no matter what the political affiliation. That's how we're running the country. And when we say government's deciding how we're reacting, then we've given them the power to react and, and control us. Either side. Let's not give them the power this election. Let's not put them on this pedestal. Because I just see on the ground is so different than what we see on TV. And what we see coming from, yes, Biden and the president. Biden and the president. It's a different feel when you look around and see your fellow neighbors walking around living their life. And then you think to yourself, huh, I thought we were supposed to be all divided. I thought that's what the media is telling us to be. I thought that's what the media is telling us we are. Yeah, people say hi to each other on the streets. And it must be that way after November 3rd. And I will hit home that point till November 3rd. Because I don't want to see the society and the country fall apart. I did not, I have not lived 28 years and I guess you would say 363 days to say, all right, time to get the discourse going. Let's go. Disagree with everybody. Didn't live that, didn't, didn't, didn't live that long to, to, to say that. I have lived that long to see how different the worlds are in reality and on the TV screen. And can say, don't buy what the media tells you all the time. You can still say hi to your neighbor, and you should say hi to your neighbor. And you should greet that teenage poll worker, that kid who wants to invigorate the election process. You, you should say hi to them. 
and say, what are you doing here? You know, it, no. So keep your head up. Keep your spirits up. It's a crazy time. Maybe you're upset I'm too happy or, or sounding too chipper. But I'm always going to come on this podcast and say, there, there's something bigger happening. There's something that's going to be better ahead. One way or another. In our own lives. Don't give up. Don't give up. I'm Alex Garrett. We'll talk to you soon.